Number 13. That's right. Are you superstitious like me? If so, switch off now. Move on. Do something else. Just don't involve sharp items in the kitchen. It's podcast 13. And because of that, I'm going to do something very different. This is just going to be me speaking to me and no guests. Quite a random episode, I think, anyway. So I'm going to try something that I haven't done before. And that is just do a uh, talking head kind of show where I'm going to sit here for five minutes and just say whatever comes into my head and see what happens, how it goes. Because at the end of the day, episode 13 is just something you need to get out, get published, forget about, move on. It's the bad one. So in no particular order, I've written down in front of me a list of certain topics that I want to talk about or maybe just babble about, who knows. Uh, and we'll see how it goes. Grab a cup of tea, grab some Jaffa cakes, however you want to relax. In front of me, I have a uh, a nice cappuccino. I've just had a belly full of pasta, and let's see how far we go. So point number one, podcasting is actually quite easy and simple to do until it gets hard. What do I mean by that? Well, um, I recently entered a competition by one of the... uh, well-known brand companies that sells microphones and recording equipment called Rode. And they're based in Australia. And uh, every year they run a competition called My Rodecast. And basically the the background or the general idea is to reach out to young creators or public in general and say, create a podcast, send your entry in, it'll be checked by a leading team of experts. And if you're so lucky, we have 100 prizes to give away that will take you a podcast into the next level. Oh, that's cool, I thought. I'm going to go for that. Maybe it'll be better than just me sitting on my desk with some microphones. When I looked at the prizes available, then you think, oh, wow, that's like the BBC Radio one. Have to have that. Even if I don't use 50% of the stuff, stick them on eBay. Everyone's a winner. So I don't know if you're like me, the way the steps go is you generate an idea, think to yourself, that's so hilarious. And then over the next three, four days or two weeks, every time you're in the shower or you're lying in bed or you're doing random stuff, even more ideas pop in your head. And after about uh, four weeks, you think it is impossible for me to not win this competition. I'm bloody amazing. I just need to sit down, record my voice, get all the guests in, put it together. It's a guaranteed winner. I had approximately two months to prepare for that competition end date. And just like my school days, I put my entry together uh, approximately three hours before the time timer run out. Not to worry, guaranteed to win. Got some super ideas. Let's see how it goes. So anyway, I, I applied, put it in, went through the process, sat back, made another coffee. One or two days later, Email confirmation comes through. Congratulations, your entry's been accepted. Good luck. We'll let you know how we get on in the coming weeks. You can now listen to the other entries that have applied. Quickly typed on the website, jumped in, 700. Now, from a global competition, I think, oh shit, that's not a lot, is it? 700? I'm in with a chance, but there's 100 prizes. Maybe I'll sneak something through. Oh boy, oh boy. Mistake number one, I actually started listening to some of the other people's entries. Mistake number two, 
uh, was actually creating an entry myself. What I don't understand, right, and this is the thing with these online competitions, it really bugs me. Um, if the idea is enter the competition to win an upgrade or more equipment to get you on a higher level, then shouldn't there be a filter or some kind of X-factor judge that says, we've listened to entries 1 to 500. Honestly, they've been made by the BBC. So they all, by default, should be kicked out. Some of these entries, I mean, to be honest, they were superb. Absolutely hilarious, fantastically produced, special effects, music. It was almost like going to watch a, a cinema or something or listening to a, 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 yeah, something on the radio. So I don't think I'm going to win anymore now, but uh, uh, shame is me. I did have the option to advertise my entry on Facebook or social media and get everybody or my friends, my social group to vote. And then there's a special prize for whoever has the highest votes. They also win. Some of the entries come from India. Now, if you think in my little social group, I have, I'm not sure, 200 max friends on um, Facebook and stuff compared to 2 million friends and a similar social group in uh, Indian Facebook. No chance, Steve. Let it go. Let it go, my friend. Let it go. Just have a cold beer, chill out. And just say, I remember I, one day in my life, I entered a competition, guaranteed to win, bit like Dragon's Den. For those people who don't know what Dragon's Den is, Google it. And uh, it came nowhere. Awesome. So here's the moral of that story to everybody listening, or anybody who wants to be a good parent and give their child advice, it's quite simple. Only enter a competition if you feel you're going to win. If you're not going to win, then just avoid the days or the weeks or the months of panicking and waiting and an ultimate disappointment. Just say to yourself, yeah, you're a loser. I don't bother entering. Then it's easy then, right? Set your bar low. Always keep your bar low. Under the radar, my friend. Stay under the radar. Random point number two, TV programs. Netflix, Apple TV, as you know, it's one of my favorite pastimes, certainly in the, uh, the the winter and the colder months, when there's nothing else to do, you sit down and watch TV, right? And for someone who doesn't live in the UK, the first challenge is, and this will only be really understood by people who live in the UK and maybe America, the first challenge is to find something decent to watch. Now to all my German friends and other European friends, I'm sorry for shocking you, but uh, you are locally produced TV programs and series. My, forget it. They're not so good. If you're lucky, one golden series comes along once in a lifetime and then ask about it. My wife was watching something recently on one of the German TVs called Memory Loss. Now, it wasn't, it was actually a uh, true story about a couple somewhere in Germany. And the guy had a um, condition that he would lose his memory uh, like every day or every few days. I only thought that existed in an Adam Sandler uh, Hollywood film, to be honest. Apparently, it is true. I didn't watch the program with her. Um, it was one and a half hours, two hours long. Naturally, I had it in pillow talk. So she told me all about this amazing TV program and how he went through his daily life, how to try to get some normality. He actually got married uh, to a, a wonderful woman. They had a, a daughter together and it was a big romantic uh, success. I tried not to add any British dark humour by saying that I could see the benefit of forgetting my wife uh, every night and every day because uh, imagine the arguments that it would, it would avoid, right? 
Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you clean up the dishes? Oh my God, you still haven't taken the bins out. Go to sleep, wake up the next day. Hello, darling, everything all right? I love you. What a wonderful morning. I try to stay positive and engage and listen to my wife and say, honestly, I'm really impressed that that kind of relationship can exist. I'm not certain if that would work for us. I'm willing to give it a try. At that point, she turned around and said to me, yeah, but Steve, at the, after the end credits and the program finished, um, they separated, divorced. He's living on his own now. Yeah, brilliant. He can't even go to the pub and watch football or Euro 2020, which I'll come on to later. A, he'll probably forget what team he's supporting. And B, if he's supporting Wales or Germany, he wouldn't have known now that they've already been knocked out and he could go down tomorrow on a Saturday with his scarf and his kit on ready to cheer only to find out that it's bloody England versus someone else. Nightmare. Anyway, sticking to the theme of memory loss and couples, then by pure coincidence, there is a series on Netflix called The One. This is made by a British company, so guaranteed to have some decent so guaranteed to have some decent dialogue, right? And the background is that it is a crime drama miniseries with a bit of science fiction added in to spice up the flavor. And it's set in not too distant future where some young scientists uh, find a magic formula that they can use on date insights. And basically they take the DNA from your body, whether it's a hair off your head or a bit of saliva or something, put it into a random into a database and guarantee to find the one, the match. Wherever they are in the world, that is the one which you are linked to by your DNA. Absolutely 100 percent guaranteed to fall head over heels in love for the rest of your life. I'm not going to tell you how it ends. It is tragic. But it's the brilliant series and uh, just watch it because it really does bring some questions to anybody in a loving relationship of do you think that could happen to us if you were presented with the DNA match of your life? After everything we've been through, would you really walk out on me? And you end up saying, well, it's, it's science, isn't it? It's DNA. You can't resist it. But watch it. Guaranteed to uh, create at least... 10% of divorces in the uh, TV watching world. It's brilliant, that is. When that series finished, then we went maybe another week with nothing to watch until I saw an advert on Apple TV. Now, I'm pretty sure most of the listeners like me, we don't have Apple TV because it's, it's an extra expense that we don't really want to pay every month for. But I had it free on a 12-month trial or something. Um, the series is called calls as in telephone calls oh my mary mother of god sometimes a series comes along that just buzzes with your head like it's never done before i can honestly say in my lifetime this is one of the very few tv series that i left me speechless i literally couldn't know i didn't know what was going on it was like what the hell i've never seen anything like this before in my life again for me personally, brilliant. Science fiction, 
said again in the not-too-distant future. You can say, oh, Steve, you and your bloody science fiction. But trust me, it's a good one. Um, each episode has actors or the voices of actors that you know, very famous actors, Hollywood stars, but there's no visual representation. You will not see any actor, any face. It's just basically your full TV screen is completely black, blanked out. And then you have a kind of kaleidoscope of lines that represents the voice of a telephone call. And there's, I think it's about five or six different individual episodes. And like all good series at the very end, they all combine together back into like a spider web. Um, and you see how they're all interlinked. If you really want to do something you've never done before, sit in front of a TV and actually listen to a TV, which sounds weird, right? We would sit in front of a radio and listen to a radio, but you wouldn't sit in front of a TV and listen to a TV. Maybe this is what happens if you're blind. That's the only thing I could say. For me, it felt like watching TV if I was blind, which um, for people who live in June and July, like me, who suffer, wait the people like me who wait all year for summer to come along, then get absolutely smashed with hay fever and pollen, Calls is the perfect TV program for you because you can't see the bloody TV anyway because you're full of eye drops and you're bloody coughing and sneezing. So sit in front of the TV, try and get your partner or someone to randomly find Apple. Series is called The Calls. Close your eyes, put your eye drops in, get another grab, uh, grab another cup of coffee, some biscuits, put it somewhere safe so you don't spill it on your lap and watch, I mean, listen to this series. I'll take some questions in the following episodes to discuss it. It's superb, brilliant, extreme random it is. So you should know why I like it, right? And I can see now I'm already up to 14 minutes. Can't believe that. This is just me talking. Right. There's two more points I want to bring on the table for this unlucky episode 13 podcast. Number one, lockdown cats. Let me give you a quick, up, quick update of what's going on with my wonderful Peter and Brian. Peter is um, half the cat he used to be, not because he's had an accident, but because of the weather or, or whatever's going on outside, he's just gone off his food. Um, but he's a big, strong, masculine hunter cat, but very slim. I don't like to see him so slim, so I've just had to endure putting him back into a cat box that we had when we uh, when we adopted Peter. Now, when he was four months, five months, no problem. Now he's trying to put like a grown panther into a bloody cat carrier. It wasn't so easy. He could have ripped my face off if he wanted to. I took him to the vets, um, and in my best German, I tried to say, this is Peter. They all giggled because they know him from Britain, right? And I think they pretty much say, oh, it's the crazy Welsh guy again. Which one? You know, with Brian and Peter. Well, don't they call him like Simba or Ninja or Loki or something cool? No, it's Brian and Peter. Right, okay, so which one's in today? Peter. Hello, hey, Osborne. Yeah, hi, how's it going? Yeah, well, how can I help? This is in German, right? I'm translating it for you. Yeah, it's Peter. What's wrong with Peter? Oh, well, he's getting skinny. Look at him, he hasn't eaten for bloody ages. And I've tried wet food, I've tried dry food, I've tried all kinds of food. Um, can you just see if he's okay? Peter is an intelligent cat. He's not stupid. First thing he did when they pulled him out the table was he made a big dart to the door. Door was closed. Then he ran around a little bit, couldn't get anywhere. This big lady grabbed him, put him back on the um, veterinary table. He looked at me with eyes that said, I will never ever forgive you for what's about to happen. 
you can forget it, Steve. Out comes a thermometer. There's only one place that thermometers go in, Pete. I'm not going to lie to you, my friend. But for all the nights that you jumped on my face and done purr, 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 massage, 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 which I've later found out to be the fact that you're not purring and massaging, you're pumping me for milk, that thermometer will go in one place and I'm going to enjoy every single bloody minute of it. Hold your breath, my friend. Suffice to say, 30 seconds later, everything was okay. His temperature was fine. And uh, the vet said, yeah, he's just uh, an outdoor cat. Perhaps he's a bit hot. But basically, nothing to worry about. Brought him home. Had a sit down. Stroked him for 10 minutes. He's still looking at me with those eyes that says, Steve, I will never trust you ever again. Something sharp just went right up my... I'm sure he'll forgive me tomorrow once I give him his favorite treats. Let's see. Give an update later. And this podcast wouldn't be complete if I don't mention sporting events, or at least last Saturday. For those that are interested in the football, Euro 2020 is currently active. I find it very confusing because it's 2021. So you're currently seeing, or at least I'm seeing, lots of people just calling, uh, how how do you think is going in the European Championship 2020? Um, buy the t-shirts, buy the jumpers, buy the flags, buy the stickers. Uh, but it's 2021, right? So they should at least do it at like 50% off or something. Or uh, we should already know the results of the games because they should have been played a year ago, but it doesn't work that way. Um, Wales, in my lifetime, we haven't um, qualified for any of the competitions in football until the previous European Championships. And in that tournament, as it was our first one, complete underdogs. Nobody in Europe expected us to do any good or get very far. In the end, we got as far as the semi-finals and lost to Portugal, the eventual winners. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant competition and fantastic for my little country. Very, very proud. This time, we felt maybe we can repeat it, do it again. Everyone believes that we're just a small country. We won't get very far. Um, we come second in the groups, so we qualified. Then we had to play Denmark in the first knockout stage. Now, I'm working for a company that is basically Danish, um, and you have to engage with the, uh, my friends up in, uh, in Denmark and say, okay, best of luck. Honestly, if you're listening to this, I know some of you do. We always say best of luck, but what we really mean is, you got no chance. Come on, Wales, let's do it. 4-0. Um, I think I'll just leave it like that, 4-0, gutted. What I will say is Wales played really, really bad, but Denmark, in all fairness, they were superb. They played some really, really good football, the far better side, and uh, I hope now that um, they'll go a long way in the competition. Now, being a dual nationality person, I have a second badge I can wear, which is my German badge. So now I think, okay, historically, Germany, very, very strong in football, Let's support the German side. They get through to the knockout competitions by the bloody scruff of their neck. They played rubbish in the whole group stages. First game in knockout competition, everybody's favourite enemy, England. What an amazing opportunity now to be German or, or inherited German and have them to smash England in Wembley, the home of English football. Bloody lost, 2-0. Absolutely gutted I am. What is the point, and this is a serious question, what is the point of having 
dual nationality in this modern day if both your teams lose at football? And I will not be English, so don't even send that question in. The real passion for me and for most Welsh sports fans is rugby. And every four years, an event takes place called the British and Irish Lions. And that is basically where Wales, Scotland, Ireland and England come together uh, with all of the best players and create a squad of 35, 36 players. And then they go and play one of the major nations, normally New Zealand, Australia or South Africa. This year, they are going to South Africa, who are the current world champions. So this is an amazing event. Everybody who likes rugby, we wait uh, every four years for this to happen. It's, it's brilliant. So really, really excited. Last Saturday was the first warm-up game before the Lions left Britain to travel to South Africa for the test series. And this year, the captain of the Lions is an amazing guy called Alan Wynne-Jones. He got injured in the first seven minutes, popped his shoulder out of the tour, no longer captain, kicked out. Ten minutes later, another one of my all-time favourite Welsh rugby players, Justin Tipperick, injured again, carried off, bang, out of the competition. So honestly, last Saturday, for a Welsh sports fan perspective, was really, really hard. Got kicked out of the football and had the Lions captain removed, plus another great player. Never mind, boys. Um, You probably will never listen to this podcast, but on the odd chance that you may, let me just say, for all the expat Welsh people living no longer in the God's country, I hope you have a very speedy recovery, get well soon, and uh, looking forward to seeing you in the next big tournament in 2022. So that is going to bring podcast episode 13, Unlucky 13, unless you're Dan Marino, you can Google that. Unless you're Dan Marino, it's Unlucky 13, that brings this podcast to an end. There's another reason why I put this out very quickly is because um, in going through the podcast journey, I've made a terrible mistake of making everything far too complicated, technical, and playing around with different audio values. So this one's going to be as dry as it comes. Just me, the microphone, very basic compression, and then pop it onto Spotify, see what happens. Anyway, thank you very much for your time. Um, I really appreciate it and the feedback you've given me. Keep it coming. And without further ado, I would just like to say, Diochenbaur, ciao for now. In die tree.